<clears throat> can you guys hear me? Jonah, can you hear me? Jonah, Jonah, can you hear me? Okay. Uh, so today's message from the book of Mark is the same message that Pastor Kim preached. So if, if there's anything that you don't really understand or you have missed, then go and listen to Pastor Kim's sermon because I'm not going to be preaching something else. But before we go into the message, I'm going to share a couple um, prayer requests for you guys. Because a lot of people have been asking me about my, my paper. And, and my paper ha- is uh, on the process of being finished. I'm so thankful for this, for this community because so many people have come to me and, and encouraged me and comforted me and, and bought me you know, delicious meals to, to support me in this way. So now I'm in the stage where I have to. Uh, I need to have my professors look over the paper with me from page 1 to page 250 and go through the, the, the things that are written together. Well, basically the final editing stage is what, where I'm at. And right now we are at page 80. And this morning my professors messaged me that he has read up to page, uh, page 88. So page 88 out of 250. But think about it, this is only one-third of my paper. And uh, my pro- I think my professor is, is, is very um, busy at the moment. That's why he, um, this process is taking a little bit longer than expected. And I'm sure my professor has a really tough too because you know, I'm always nagging him to re- please, please go over my paper faster so I can finish this paper. And then he's, always, he's also busy uh, with his own schedule. But then you know, he has to grade my paper and help me edit it. So, so please pray for all this. Pray for him especially that the professor can read my paper. Uh, and let's pray that he will glimpse over the parts that, that, that are important. You know, those, the, 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 um, the, the true system that is within this, within this ministry that is preached by Pastor Kim cannot be changed by that professor. So you have to pray that he glimpses over those parts. And then later after it is great, uh, it is done, I have to go get, I have to go uh, be judged by, the, by a couple of professors. And they, go, they ask a lot of questions to test you on, on, on your paper. And that test is, is, is done you know, face-to-face or through FaceTime. So it cannot be cheated by AI, you know, AI assistance, which a lot of students do nowadays. Good. I'm very thankful that I can share these uh, prayer topics with the community because uh, if not, then it will be a very lonely fight for me. Uh, should we go to the sermon? And when I was appointed to preach this Sunday, a lot of people came to me and asked about my testimony because they are, they are curious about my journey. Uh, 
in, in while getting while my journey of writing this paper. And I don't really have a lot of things to testify because I've spent most of the time just in school and, and, and when I came to Korea, I'm just spending most of the time in the office or in my home writing this paper. So, so there won't be any uh, testimonies today. So don't, don't, uh, don't anticipate for any. In 2019, during summer break, I came to Korea, and it was during I was in the, our old old church building, and I proclaimed on stage that I'm gonna finish this paper in three months, uh, three years. I said back then that I'm going to finish it in three years, but it's already past three years. And in retrospect, when we look at look back at it, we can we can you know, laugh at what happened. But uh, to me, it was a very tough time having to study abroad. So now is my fourth year of of getting pursuing my PhD. to make an excuse for myself. I can say, you know, we all got the coronavirus and so that kind of slowed down the process of writing this paper. But on the other hand, people might counter saying, you know, you're not the only one that only one got sick with the coronavirus. And there was an issue with my visa uh, over there as well. If the nation does not give me a visa, the school can do, can't do anything about it. And there were just a lot of issues that, that really um, hindered, hindered my process. But when I tried to message Pastor Kim about these issues, he, he always says, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit fully, then you can write this paper in one month. And then after I received that call from him, I was filled with faith. faith. But I wasn't able to finish it, my paper in a month. And Pastor Kim checked uh, in with me after a month, and I told him, uh, I wasn't able to finish, and that's why he called me to uh, call me to come back to uh, Korea to finish it here because he he thinks he he realized that I cannot do this by myself while being abroad. And. And when I thought uh, when I thought about coming back to Korea, I anticipated that that being in Korea and being filled with the Holy Spirit and anointing of the church, I would be able to finish it in a couple of months. But, but as you know, that was not the case. But anyways, uh, I told my wife, let's go back to Korea, like Pastor Kim advised us to do so, and then we, uh, and then we packed our bags and came back to Korea. And in, uh, in the airport, God gave me a sign of, uh, of the confirmation that He is with me, that He is with me uh, in Korea. Mm-hmm. 
And coming back here was not easy because we had a lot of stuff to bring back here. And as you know, we, we recently had a, a new member that, that came into our family, my daughter. And so uh, there was a lot of our personal luggage and also a lot of uh, books and, and uh, documents that I had to bring over from, from abroad. So it was not easy having to, to bring the kids and also bring all our luggages uh, through, through the airport. And one of the professors asked me, why are you going back? Are you done with your paper? And, uh, and there were a lot of uh, Korean pastors that were around me when they were saying farewell to me. And they were also talking about amongst themselves what they would have to do when they finish their papers. And the amazing thing was we were in the airport and I was checking in all the baggages and all the luggage that we had. And because it, it exceeded the amount that you can take on uh, with your ticket, we were, we were supposed to pay a fine for the, for the, for the, uh, for the weight. But amazingly, they just passed my luggage without, without uh, asking me to pay more money. And all the, all the uh, luggages and all the boxes went through the airport security without any um, interruptions. And looking through all of those things that happened, I realized that God really wanted me to, to come back to Korea. And that's why he has opened the path wide for me and allowed me to come here without any interruptions or any issues. And so I, I arrived. And Pastor Kim told me to, to focus on only writing the paper and nothing else. But that, that season was where, was when our season was, was uh, when our church was moving to this building. And so all the people who were, who were around this church need to come together to move the stuff and prepare our, our transition. And in the midst of that, I still had to write my paper. And so it was very busy and a, a, a very hectic time for me. So I was wondering, is this possible? Can I, will I be able to finish this paper in time? And I asked the people around me to pray for me and also pray, uh, told the intercessory groups to pray for me as well. So excluding uh, Sunday worship and the important meetings th throughout the week, I didn't go anywhere. I didn't go to any other personal meetings or, or, or um, or did anything but stay in my office and, 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 and uh, wrote this paper. And whenever my, my, my uh, writing stopped, I would come to the church and ask for more anointing so that I can continue, continue writing. But to be honest, I wasn't able to write a lot during my time here because I lost, uh, because I was a little bit faithless at, at times. And I'm, I'm a person that is filled with a lot of thoughts. 
a lot of thoughts. And my English name is also Thomas. And so, like Thomas, I'm a little faithless, faithless in some matters. I have to see with my own eyes and, be, and have something be tangible for me to believe. So, so that's why my, my writing process was a little slower than the other professors, other, other uh, doctors. And well, so the uh, the thing that I learned through this whole process of writing my papers that we we are cho- we are the children of God we are we belong to the Lord but even though we are children of the Lord we have to sometimes work with the world we have to work or study in the world but we shouldn't lose our identity even though we are surrounded by the world and that we come from the Lord that we are His heirs that we are His children and all that. And I also had the other my my uh, seniors, my seniors in this church who 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 got their doctorates already, uh, come and help me with my paper. And they, they would look over my paper and say say the things that uh, I, they think will be will be um will be touched by the professors and they said, no, this, this, I don't think your professor is going to like, so why don't you change the wording a bit so that they would, they would glimpse of it. And then, and then exactly the, the, uh, the, the professors that, the professor that greeted my paper, professor that greeted my paper, actually uh, called me out on the parts that, that, that the other doctors have already called out before. So that was quite amazing to see. And then uh, my, my writing process was so slow that my wife later on begged me to write, please just write 500 uh, words today. No matter what, just try to write 500 words so that you can, you can uh, finish this fit faster. And so starting from, uh, from, the, uh, from very early in the morning, I would go to my office and sit down and try to write this paper. But I couldn't write 500 characters. And all the other doctors would probably relate to me, but when you're unable to fill your, your quota, quota of that day, then your whole being, your whole self, self-esteem crumbles because of, of this failure. There goes, there's a lot of effort that goes into writing these papers. I have to read a lot of books, a lot of dissertations and other documents and, and, and find what I need to, to write my paper. But that whole thing is, is not easy. So I don't have a testimony. I don't know what I just said, but that wasn't a testimony. <laughs> what else was significant in, in, when I was in England? Anyways, let's begin the sermon and then uh, maybe God will lead me to share another testimony in between. So verse 9. So the book of Mark uh, is actually... All the things that you need to receive from Mark is actually contained in chapter 1. (laughs) 
So all the programs and all the, all the important points are already within chapter one. So there are three sections. And in verse 1, it says that in the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in, the, written in Isaiah the prophet. And then from verse 2 to 8, it talks about uh, John the Baptist. And then 9 to 11, it talks about Jesus' baptism. And then, you know, this is all preparation for Jesus to, to start his ministry. And then verses 14 uh, talks about, you know, his, uh, Jesus being tempted. But today we're going to be focused, we're going to be focusing on the, uh, the, 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 the middle section of chapter 1, which is about John's, uh, Jesus' baptism and him being tested. So first of all, uh, in verse 9 it says, At that time Jesus came from Nazareth in, the, in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. So Jesus came from Nazareth. He's an, he's an, and he, as you know, he was a carpenter. He was probably very, very skilled with his hands, always you know, building something, building tables and building furniture out of wood. And uh, his, his, his town, he was probably famous in his town for, you know, being a good, a skilled craftsman. I'm just speculating here, but I think that's, that's what happened. But anyways, when, when people say Jesus came from Nazareth, they're just saying he was a nobody, actually. That he came from a very rural and small town. And he came from very uh, humble, humble, he comes from a very humble background. And in chapter 16, verse 9, it also talks about it. Oh, wait, let me find it. It says, when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went... In verse 16, uh, uh, verse 6, don't be alarmed, he said, you are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. So even after Jesus has resurrected from the, from the dead, he was still called a Nazarene. So Mark was, uh, Mark, this book is written very, um, very well because it connects the first to the uh, first part to the, to the end. And Mark wrote in the beginning and the end that Jesus was from Nazareth to, 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 uh, to emphasize that Jesus was a man, that Jesus was human. And that Jesus came to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. 
And baptism was usually uh, symbolic of people coming back into the Lord when they when before they have been uh, controlled by sin and controlled by death. So why does Jesus need to be baptized even though he has never committed a sin? Why? He's the Savior, he's the Messiah, he's the Son of God. Why does he need to be baptized? And even John himself says, You're the Son of God whom I love, but why are you receiving this baptism from me? I should be receiving baptism from you. And even though Jesus never committed a sin, there's a huge hint in this book. And that, that hint is not written in Mark, but it's written in John. It says, so, and, and it tells us that the baptism of Jesus means a different thing because he received his baptism not to be, be freed of his sins, but to, 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 to uh, take upon the, the sins of, of mankind. And when he, uh, so when Jesus wore the flesh to come to this earth, he, already, he has already proclaimed that he's going to die for our sins. And so when he was receiving his baptism, he was not receiving his baptism as a divine being, but he received his baptism as a man. And he took upon the sins, the records of sins, ever since Adam, onto himself. And the reason why he was able to transfer the sin upon himself was because he was a man. He wore the flesh. He came in sarks. In Genesis 3, it says that after Adam committed his sin, his body became flesh. It became sarks. And instead of pulling on the things of the Lord, our flesh uh, became attuned to pulling on uh, the temptation of sin, pulling on sin itself. So when we live in Korea, we are constantly uh, inhaling microdust and, and yellow dust from coming over from the factories of China. And likewise, your body is just always soaking, trying to soak in sin. So if you forget that you are a child of God every day, then, then you will not, you'll be hopeless against uh, your temptations. And you will soak in all the sin that is around you. And even when God is trying to shine His light upon you, if, if, it's, if, it's, if His light, if the light that He's shining is 100%, then you'll only be able to receive like 5% or even 1% when, when, you're, when you forget the fact that you're a child of God. But anyways, Jesus came and was baptized to, to soak in all the, the records of sin of humankind. And the reason why he did this was because he wants he needed to die for our sins. He needed to go through death in order to 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 release us from the bindings of sin. You know, Jesus shed his blood on the hill of Golgotha on when he was crucified on the cross. And he received the judgment of wrath uh, of God in, in our place. And because this sin belonged to man, a man needed to die for, 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 for this sin to be released from us. So that's why Jesus had to wear the flesh for us. Only a man could take upon the sin of another man. So Jesus could not, could not come and die while using his divinity. 
he needs to become fully man in order to become our representative, in order to become our our uh, our our, um, our our sacrifice. So this is a matter. Uh, this is an issue of logic. You know, it is very logical that Jesus became a man for us. So ever since the sin that Adam, Adam committed, humankind has been committing sins, and God was heartbroken looking at that, and He saw how much we were struggling, and that's why Jesus said, "I will become man. I will become them, so that I may take upon this judgment for them." And that is the heart of the parent. The heart of the parent allows the parents to, to sacrifice themselves for their children, even if it takes them uh, hundreds of times. And this is very true. Out of love, Jesus and the Lord sent himself down to this earth. And we're going to see this later on. But you know that we know that Jesus never used his divinity while he was walking on this earth. He fully uh, became human and only relied on his humanity. And that story begins in the book, uh, in this first chapter of Mark. He could not use his divinity. Uh, Pastor Kim talks a lot about money. But I was reminded of a story while preparing for this, for this message. When I was in the army, I was actually in the Navy. Uh, but I was a part of the, the, the marching band of, of, of the Navy. So I wasn't, I wasn't part of the combat uh, unit, but I was a part of the, the, the headquarters unit where the, our main tasks are just, you know, um, working on the base and beautif- beautifying it, cleaning it up. But my senior officer was actually uh, out, came out of the special forces. He was actually part of the, Na- uh, the, the Navy SEALs of Korea. And he, he and this, this the, 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 the special forces team that he was a part of was in charge of catching North Korean spies and. And they have experience of, of blowing up North Korean ships and also catching, capturing um, their spies and stuff like that. But what this person did was, he was in charge of, of uh, managing and overlooking the, the, the dormitory of the officers. But there was an officer who was a high-ranking officer. He was in, he was in charge of, 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 of uh, like the martial law and stuff like that. He was in charge of just dealing with the law of, of the military laws of, of 
the army. But so this person was a little rebellious, and he didn't he didn't clean up his room, he didn't clean his halls and stuff like that. When this this person was in charge, and this person went. So they had a confrontation, the two of them, and my, my senior officer, who was a part of the, uh, the, the Navy SEALs, he first tried to talk to him and just uh, speak to him through words, but after realizing that this person would not listen to him, he, he used his divinity, I guess, in that sense. He used his skills that he acquired from, from his time in the SEALs to, to, uh, to, to basically, um, was it, overtake, overtake this person? And he was also a great swimmer, you know, being in the Navy, he was from, I mean, he's, a, he's a SEAL, and being in the Navy, he's an excellent swimmer. And probably earned a lot more money than the rest of us. But anyways, people, when they have skills, when they have talent, it is difficult for them to hide those skills and talent when, when, they, when they need to use it. And likewise, Jesus, if he had used his divinity, then, er, then his whole ministry would have, would have crumbled down. Because this is the issue of soteri- soteriology for us. If he used his divinity even once, then our, our redemption, our salvation would have not been given to us. So Jesus, even though he was the son of God, he came to the serpent wearing the flesh to, to take upon uh, our sins. And he had to die with our sins so that um, this, sin, this sin can be erased. So I have been in church since I was seven years old. So I've been attending church for many, many, many years. And even though my, my life of faith began from, from the age of seven, and I even tried a lot, I tried uh, very hard to, to go and, and encounter the Lord in a deeper way, going to Bible camp, uh, studying the word of the Lord, trying to pray, and all that. But countless times I have been faced with despair and with, with powerlessness, while trying to, trying to reach the Lord. And whenever we look at the life of Jesus, even though he's, he's supposed to be our model of faith, we instead feel despair because we can never be like him. But the more I study you know, human Jesus, my, 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 the, the, the paper that I'm writing right now, the more I realize the significance of how, how uh, the significance of what Jesus did for us. But anyways, let's go back to the message. Verse 10, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on on him like a dove. I missed something in verse 9, but I'm going to talk about it later, so let's move on. So when Jesus came out of the water, the heaven was torn open. But it's just the heaven written here is in the 
is, is, in, is in the singular form, but in Matthew, he actually writes, uh, Matthew wrote it in the plural form. So actually the heavens have opened, were torn open when Jesus was baptized and, and he came out of the water. And these heavens are the same heavens that is written in, in Ephesians. And this, uh, the first heaven is the sky that we see, and the second heaven is, is where the spirits are roaming, and then the third heaven is actually where, where uh, the kingdom of the Lord is, where, is, where He is enthroned. So that means all of the heavens were torn open to, to receive uh, Jesus when he, was, when he was being baptized. And the Holy Spirit came descending on him like a dove. And Luke it writes this event in, in more detail. It, it says that the heavens were torn open after Jesus uh, came out of the water and he prayed. That's when, when, that's when the heavens opened. But out of the four Gospels, uh, Mark actually writes this event in the least, in the least amount of details. He just uh, skims through this part and, and focuses, focuses more on the, on, the, on the ministry of Jesus afterwards. And in verse 10, Uh, well this version uh, my NIV version doesn't say immediately but some versions actually translate the first word of the sentence saying immediately as Jesus was coming out of the water he saw the heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove so Mark, I guess, was in a rush to, to, to explain to you everything that Jesus did, and that's why he kind of, uh, his, his, the, his pace, pacing of, of the story is very fast. So he just focuses on the main points. Jesus was baptized, and the heavens were, were torn open as soon as he came out of the water. So the thing that we have to focus on right now is that Jesus came in the flesh and he did not re- rely on his divinity but rather fully became man so that he can take upon our sins through this baptism and later on he, he died for our sins on the cross with, with, with the sins that were transferred upon him through this baptism. No, and we are a church of, of prayers. We can teach others a prayer because... No, in a single day, most of us, most of the members of this church pray for, for at least two hours. And we, we are able to experience when our prayers are going to the Lord and when they're falling down to the ground. And sometimes our prayers are, are, go straight to the throne of the Lord, like, like, uh, like the smoke of an offering. And just as uh, Jesus was able to see a dove descending on him after his baptism, our prayers, we, we actually see and sense our prayers being uh, uh, reaching the heavens, reaching the Lord. And this message is very amazing because Pastor Kim actually experienced this for himself before he preached to us. And that's why he's can preach this message in such detail because it comes out of experience. 
Pastor Kim always teases me that you, you know, you're focused more on eating rather than writing your paper. And in order to help me write my paper, he, you know, feeds me a lot, and a lot of people have come to buy me meals. So I kind of feel I felt bad about not 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 uh, writing faster through this this through these uh, through these things that I received. A lot of people ask me, well, how come you don't get fat even though you eat a lot? But Pastor Kim actually says the reason why he doesn't get fat is because he burns all his calories uh, because his mind is always running. You know, because you're filled with thought, thoughts. And likewise, we have to be spiritually effective and uh, efficient, rather. We need to be efficient. And when God gives you anointing, when God gives you fire, you have to, you have to use that and, and be efficient with the things that He gives you. And it is very important for us to stay focused on the, the voice of the Holy Spirit, to be obedient to those inspiration, inspirations that God gives us. And this is something that Pastor Kim is excellent in. He's very sensitive and very keen to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. So I'm contemplating whether or not to share the story because it's a little bit embarrassing for me, but, and I don't really want to share it. But some of you know about this already. But uh, there was once a time where I broke my shoulder. My shoulder was completely broken. My bone was broken. And so when a bone is broken, what do you do? You need to go to the hospital. But that's, that, that shouldn't be your answer. Uh, our first answer should be we need, to, we need to pray to God. And pray to God saying, Lord, why did this happen? Why is it my shoulder? Is it, is it the enemy? Is it the attacks of the enemy? And if it is an attack, then you need to fight and, and nullify the power of the enemy that has, that has attacked you. But of course, I'm under... Uh, Pastor Kim is very interested in me because I'm still writing my paper. And so, when my shoulder was broken, I really wanted to go to the hospital because, you know, it hurts a lot and I have to fix it quickly. So even though I came to church, I came to the church, I didn't come into the main hall. I was in my office. And later on, I just went to the hospital. I quickly went to one of the hospitals around this neighborhood so that uh, they can take care of this broken shoulder for me. And I asked the doctor, can, I, can this shoulder heal without surgery? Can you do something uh, without cutting me open? But the doctor said, no, if you want to heal properly and quickly, you need to get surgery and, get the, uh, and, and, and put these metal pins in your shoulders to, to secure it. But through the grace of the Lord, through the grace of the Lord, even though I didn't want to go meet Pastor Kim, he, when he called me, I went to him. And I prayed about it also. But no matter how much I prayed, you know, it still hurt, and I still wanted to go to the hospital. And because the doctor said, you have no hope of uh, this, your shoulder has no hope of coming back together on its own. 
I was fully convinced by the words of the doctor, of that doctor, and so this is probably the spirit of religion also. But I had no faith that this can be healed, healed without surgery. And I was always a good student in school all throughout you know, my years of, of my academic process. And And well, when I looked at other students who excelled uh, past me, you know, there's always two responses. One, one, type, one, one group of people would, would hate that kid who, who excels better academically, but the other group would, would look up to them, respect them, and ask them questions when they need to. And I was in the latter half, so I respect those who are smarter than me. And that's why I fully respected the, the, the words of the doctor that, that uh, checked me. <laughs> Uh, so when I went to meet Pastor Kim, I, talk, I told him everything that, that the doctor said and my situation and how I wanted to get surgery. But Pastor Kim said no, and he, he prayed for me, ministered me with fire. And I started to sweat. And he also rebuked me that you're not receiving this ministry in faith because you're filled with unbelief. And Mrs. Kim also came to minister in me. And even though it hurt, you know, it's a broken shoulder, it hurts. They, they kept... Um, 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 touching my shoulder, so I, so I would, my mind was filled with two thoughts. Uh, it was a dichotomy. One was I want to go to the hospital. I want to get surgery. The other was I also want to be healed here. But Pastor Kim said this this broken shoulder is uh, connected with 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 your paper. But even though I was receiving this ministry and even though I was trying to receive this ministry by faith, there was always, in the back of my mind, there was always this, this, this desire to go to the hospital and actually get surgery. So that was a struggle. So after I received this ministry, after I received faith, the pain kind of faded, faded away. But suddenly, because... Because, because this ministry is over and, and Pyongyang said that the, the bone has been healed, uh, Pastor Kim told me to, to, to lift something heavy with that shoulder, the uh, broken shoulder. And I was able to lift it. But that, that wasn't the end of it. You know, our, our, our uh, battle of faith is never deceasing. Even though it didn't hurt when I was after, right after I got ministered, after a couple, after that day, the next day, it started to hurt again. And because my shoulder kept hurting, I went to, I, I kept coming, coming, I kept coming to the church to pray, and a lot of people were worried about me. So after a week, I went to get an X-ray to check up on my shoulder. Do you think my, my, my bones were healed? Well, the x-ray showed that my, my uh, shoulder also got, it, was, it didn't stick. It got dislocated again. But our, our faithful doctor, now I went to Luke Clinic, <laughs> our faithful doctor, Yom, said, if you, look, if you look at this by faith, you can see that this bone has healed already. It has stuck. 
But if you don't look at it by faith, then you can you will see that it's separated. So even though he's a doctor, <laughs> he kept he kept telling me to look at something that is not there. You know, the X-ray X-ray shows that the bone did not stick together, but he says it has. <laughs> but I said, yeah, I received ministry, and so it, it has stuck. My my shoulder is healed, and so I came to the church again to pray to Lord, Lord, help me, fill me up with faith so that I can real so so that I can believe that my shoulder is healed. And then I also fought against the enemy that has, that has tried to take, take away my faith. But after some time, my, fo- my shoulder didn't hurt anymore. And we hear a lot of similar, uh, similar testimonies in this church of people actually not experiencing pain anymore even though x-rays show that um, that nothing has changed changed uh, within their bodies and it's the same thing with me even though the x-rays show that my bones were not healed it doesn't hurt anymore and I can rotate my shoulders fully now at first when when I was kind of iffy about this ministry I didn't even I I tried not to use the shoulder I didn't lie on that side of my the bed I've only used uh, my right hand at all times. But I experienced the greatness of this church. People of, people of this church don't go to hospitals. And they don't believe in medical results. And when other people are receiving ministry because of some sort of pain, uh, I would say, you know, why, why aren't they receiving this ministry in faith? Why, why don't they believe that they have been healed? But when it, when, when it came to, uh, when it came my turn for receiving this ministry, I realized how difficult that is. But our spiritual model has to be Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth. He received all the sins of humankind. And he could not commit a sin of his own. Because once, once he does that, our salvation uh, is, it will be blown away. And out of love, he decided when he was in the heavens, I'm going to become just like them. I'm going to become them so that I can take, so that I can take their sins away for them. And Jesus knew of that when he came to this earth. And that's why he fully relied on the Holy Spirit uh, to, to keep himself from committing a sin. And in the Bible, it does not record Jesus' life before the age of 12. But in every event that is recorded in the Bible that talks about the life of Jesus, he received, he, he, he ministered and he, he spoke out of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. When he was preaching, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. When he was guiding and teaching his disciples, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And when he was happy, he was filled with, filled with the Holy Spirit. And he lived his whole life while being, while being filled with the Holy Spirit, even though he was living in the flesh, the same flesh that we are wearing at the moment. And maybe many people say the reason why he was able to keep himself from committing a single sin was because he's the son of God. He is God. But no, even though that is, that is true that he's the son of God, but he did not rely, rely on his divinity while he was walking on this earth. He lived just as we did. He, he felt all the pain that we felt. He felt all the temptations that we, that we feel. And, and that's why he calls us brothers. And he's not ashamed to call us brothers because he's a, one of us. There's a the pastor called Sun Yangwon. 
you know, this, per- this pastor is famous for adopting the murderer of his sons. And he was actually the head pastor for, for a huge hospital. And in this hospital, there was a, there was a I think, pastor with leprosy. And their condition was so bad that their skin was just flaking off and peeling off and rotting. And even the medical staff of that hospital had trouble dealing with it. And the patients realized that they were being treated different, different than the other patients. So they actually rebelled, uh, uh, kind of, um, what was it called? Uh, they kind of revolted against the hospital for the different tre- treatment. And even though the medical staff gave up on these uh, patients with leprosy, this Pastor Sun, he didn't give up on his patients. And he actually gave, went there and cared for them and touched them and also uh, washed, washed their, their bed sheets and their blankets for them. And the, the hospital will, will be, uh, fell into uh, it fell into a midst of chaos because there's like they were like, how can you not? How can you touch them? How can you care for them? Aren't you afraid of contacting leprosy? The pastor son responded saying, I have to become like them to touch their hearts. I have to become like them to care for them. So he wanted to become just like them so that he can uh, minister and, and touch them. But the heart of Jesus was probably more than this, was more than this. Well, this pastor became so famous for his ministry and he, he, had, a, he had a nickname of, of, of being um, uh, a bomb of love. Is that his nickname? But something like that. But, but like in the same way, Jesus, because he loved us, God, because he loved us, became just like us. And that's why he wore the flesh. Let's move on. So after the heaven was torn open, and the spirit of the Holy and the Spirit descended on him. And because even though Jesus was the Son of God, he did not use his divinity in this soul, and thus he could not use his powers. And that's why the Holy Spirit came into him and allowed him to, to, to utilize uh, the power and authority of the Lord. And John the Baptist, John the Baptist, this story is written in John, but when he saw the Spirit descending from the heavens, he realized that this was the Son of God. So we are not rejecting the divinity of Jesus. We're, because, we're not saying that God is not, that Jesus was not God, that he is not the Son of God when we talk about the human Jesus, the doctrine of the human Jesus. But our focus is that even though he was the son of God, he became the son of man and he did not use his divinity for his ministry on this earth. 
And some of you have probably heard of this term, human Jesus. Jesus is this, you know, the Son of Man uh, on this, uh, in, the, in the other contemporary churches. And even though they talk about Jesus as the Son of Man, they don't talk about it in the same sense that we talk about in, Him in this church. And uh, actually, the more widely used, um, widely accepted theology of the, of, of the doctrine of human Jesus in the other churches and the other theology schools is that Jesus was not. Which Jesus was just a man that was born, and then through this event of the baptism, God's spirit came into him, and he became a divine being through that, through that, through this baptism, and that's why he was able to do all these miracles and become the savior of mankind. That's the traditional sense of human Jesus, and that's why at first I kind of was iffy about using the term human Jesus in this paper. But as we know, that's that is not the truth that we believe in. And Jesus, Jesus is our model of faith, model of spirituality. Because Adam failed in the first place, he was the first human, but he failed. So Jesus had to come again so that he can become the right example. He became the second Adam for us. And he came to the place where, where the first Adam failed and he uh, reprimanded the mistakes of Adam. That's why he's our model for, for sanctification. He taught us how to listen to the voice of the Lord and follow his guidance to live a life of, of holiness. But if you don't follow this path, then you will constantly be attacked by the enemy, be tempted, tempted by the enemy. So before, uh, when I was growing up, a lot of people were shocked when they heard that I that I was a believer, that I went to church. Because even though, even though I went to church, I did a lot of the things that the people of the world do. And even now, God reminds me of the the past mistakes that I've committed in the past. And whenever He does so, does so, I would sprinkle the blood of Jesus upon those sins. But. Even though I was a believer of the Lord, I never gave off the scent, the fragrance of Jesus through my life, through my example to the others who lived in the world. And that becomes a huge stumbling block for you in this journey of of, uh, being glorified. So let's move on to verse 11. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. We have to listen to the voice of that comes from the heaven, comes from heaven. And we have to hear the voice, this voice saying, you are my son, whom I love. We have to receive this. And sometimes we engage spiritual warfare, even in, even in our dreams. I have fought with demons in my dreams as well. Sometimes I've been defeated, but sometimes I have won. And some of you experienced sleep paralysis and you encountered your demons during that, during that uh, incident. But anyways, we are constantly under spiritual pressure and so we have to engage in spiritual warfare constantly. 
but sometimes it's very tiring and so we have a hard time fighting it on this on this battlefield even though we are wearing the uniform uh, the, the, the army uniform of the of the of the army of God but because but because we live a life so even though God has already given us all the authority, all the power, and all the weapons necessary for us to fight and overcome our enemies, if we if we fall under syncretism or if we fall under religion, then then we cannot utilize and use these these weapons uh, that has been given to us, and we fall and uh, defeated by the by our demons in this battlefield. And I can say this from experience because before coming to this church, um, when I was attending my, my previous churches, I was never able to stay up. I was ne- never able to stay upright in the Lord because I didn't know how to engage in spiritual warfare. And even before coming to this church, uh, our church, the, the, our, my previous church, also believed in tongue prayer. And so I prayed very, for many years to receive this tongue prayer. And I was living uh, in Seoul during the 90s. And uh, there was a huge revival of praise and worship during that era. And when there, whenever there was a huge uh, open worship there, um, a lot of people were gathering to those those big churches to 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 praise the Lord. And the church that I was attending was also a little famous for for this, our praise and worship. And even though I was attending this church it, during that revival, I decided to go to take math classes, to take um, to go to cram school and get tutoring because of my academics. And somebody asked me, "Are you going to go to worship tonight?" And I said, "No, I have to go to go to cram school." So I was also uh, I was also struggling with another choice back then: should I go to class or should I go to church? But the funny thing is, you know, I I was able to go to college, the college that I wanted. But my friend who went to, who was more faithful to church, wasn't able to go to college. So that's the harsh truth, harsh uh, truth of this world. No, we want to have faith, but we we also need to study in order to excel in Babylon. Even when I went to seminary school, my professor said. My professor said, "Are you, are you, on the side of the Holy Spirit? Because he himself did not really fully believe in the in the in the work of the Holy Spirit, and he was always teased those who are more uh, more focused on the Holy Spirit, saying, you know, you have to study. Even the Holy Spirit is not going to help you uh, get an A in this class. So you have to study." Thank you. 
And during that time, even though I thank the Lord for, for helping me uh, get into the college that I wanted to go, and even offered a lot of money to the Lord as a, as a, as a token of, of my gratitude, after attending, uh, after I started going to school, I just lived like a secular person without faith. And I gave all, I, I put all my focus into my, into my education. But then later on, I was also lost focus in my, my, my education. And I focused more on just, just uh, having fun and enjoying myself. And so my grades also uh, depleted. And to stop myself from going deeper into this, into this rabbit hole, I, I, I enlisted into the army so that, so that I can be separated from the school. And I blame this all on my seniors because they taught me how to, 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 to uh, have fun. After coming, uh, getting discharged from the enemy, uh, not the enemy, but discharged from the army, people have prejudices. People have a prejudice against those who have come from the army because they haven't studied for two years, and so their their brains are probably very stiff and they cannot they cannot study well. And that's why when they when the professor tells us to to form groups in our studies, uh, they don't they don't usually pick those who just came out of the army. So it was a tough generation, the X generation where, where I grew up was a tough generation for me because a lot of the systems in Korea, especially academic system and the, and the business world was, were, were changing a lot. So anyways, coming back to my shoulder, I was praying to God saying, I was praying to, to minister my shoulder, and I was rebuking uh, the Babylon system for, for bringing, this, bringing this pain upon my shoulders. And during uh, the passenger session, Sister Yang uh, told us to proclaim that uh, the, 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 the fortress of Babylon has fallen. And I was actually very touched by that proclamation because Babylon was exactly what I was fighting against during that, during that uh, season. And looking at our church, our church is very separated from Babylon, you know. If we had followed Babylon, then it is impossible for us to, to not send our, church, uh, send our children to, to schools. Because how can you excel in Babylon without getting a good education? <laughs> and now we're holding a conference in, the, in the Los Angeles or La City, as Koreans call it. But Jesus himself was also uh, a person that was very separated from Babylon. Just look at his disciples. Are they academically uh, successful? No. Most of his disciples were fishermen. When Jew... When Judas uh, betrayed Jesus, he brought, he brought the soldiers with him to capture Jesus. 
Peter cut off the, the, one of the ears of the, the guards that came to capture Jesus. And the reason why he was so skilled with, with, that, with that knife, even though he could just slice that person in half, was, part, was because, you know, he's a fisherman. He was used to, to cutting delicate meat, uh, fish meat. And so that's why he was able to just cut off the ear very elegantly. But anyways, Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit. And back then, the people who were most educated were the Pharisees, were the Sadducees, were the, and they were the religious leaders of that era. But Jesus was able to look right past through them. He was able to see through their words and see their intentions. And why was he able to do this? He was able to do this because he was filled with the Holy Spirit, because he listened to the voice of the Lord. That is the importance of listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and, and separating. That is the importance of being separated from the Babylon system. But nowadays, look, look at the kids of the world. They're, 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 uh, their eyes are stuck on their cell phones. Even when they're going, uh, walking across um, a crosswalk, they don't even have to look up, up, up from their, book, from their uh, cell phones to realize when the, the, the light is green. Their, their spirits are addicted to this, to this phone, to the cell phone. We have to constantly pray to clean, uh, to clean our news so that we will not be filled with the concerns and the worries of the world. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we would, we would be free of these worries and concerns because God gives us His wisdom. He gives us His understanding. But when we, when we long for the comfort uh, of the world, when we long for the encouragement and the acknowledgement of the world, we will be filled with more concerns and more worries instead. When I was studying, studying in, in England, uh, I liked studying uh, near the patio where the, sun's, where the sun would come into uh, my, 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 my table. And I will pray to God, Lord, help me, help me, do not give up on me. But even though I was praying to the Lord to help me, I was still filled with worries and concerns, and I was still feeling a lot of despair because of my past failures. And when at times I couldn't even get, get out of bed because I was so uh, oppressed by, by this depression and by these worries and concerns. In those days, I would go to school a little bit late because, you know, I had trouble getting out of bed. And my son would have already been gone, uh, have already gone to school. And, um, and I was, when I would get lazy like this, uh, my wife would get mad at me. Saying, you know, how, how can you be so lazy when you couldn't finish, when you couldn't write 500 words yesterday? You know, just write it, just write anything that comes into your mind. And then sometimes when I, I would also get angry at her and said, why don't you try writing this paper? 
you know, walk, walk a mile in my shoes and realize how difficult this is. And then my wife would also get mad again. She would threaten me saying, then I will, bring, I will take my kids and go back to Korea and you can stay here by yourself to finish this paper if, you know, if I'm not that much of a, that big of a help to you. Then that day, you know, because I fought with my wife and I'm, I'm emotionally uh, drained, I won't be able to write that paper well. And I would just leave the house uh, and, and take a walk. But in the end, there's nowhere else that I can go, so I would just go to school. And then I would find my fellow uh, PhD candidates and ask them, how, how are you doing? Is, are you able to write your paper well? But because my fellow uh, students were all pastors and all theological students, they all, they all talk about the same thing, and that is, you know, theology. And I'll be, after listening to them, I'll be filled with the spirit of religion. And even though we were talking amongst uh, and chatting amongst ourselves, we all have something in the back of our minds, and that is, I got to finish my quota today. I have to write 500 characters, 500 words. So. And while and living that kind of life uh, is very bad for your health. And I felt my I felt myself losing a lot of energy to this. And so later on, I bought a a bike to ride to to uh, to to ride to the school. And that was my exercise for the day. I told myself that I have to get healthier in order to finish uh, my paper. But that was when uh, the coronavirus, the pandemic started. And the virus was going around the nation. And the whole nation, England, went into lockdown. Nobody can go outside. And even if you go outside, no, none of the stores were open. So even though Korea also kind of went into a lockdown, you know, the stores were open. But in England, everything was shut. Everything was closed for a while. And we, back, uh, back then, we were staying at an apartment with two rooms. There were two rooms, a living room, a kitchen, and a couple of bathrooms. And I felt very confined within this house. And I felt like I couldn't bear it anymore. And so, I said, we have to move. And up until then, we have been living in a very small apartment. Apartment. We recalculated uh, the, the expenses of, of going to a bigger house, but it was very similar. It was similar, so we decided, and, and then if we cut a little bit of our other expenses for food or, or for other things, then we would be able to move to a bigger house. But, but uh, the government doesn't allow students to go into a bigger accommodation because of their credit score. So we, so we tried all the things that we could, we, everything in our power to raise our, our, our credit score. You know, I tried to prove to the city that uh, I have a good credit score by, by showing them my bank records and showing them that I get money from the church every month. Mm -hmm. 
and but the thing is there's a difference between a native uh, a native English speaker writing a, uh, an email and a, and a Korean and a non-native English speaker writing an email to to uh, somebody and so I, I asked uh, Pastor Cho or, so, or somebody else to, to write this email for me and it passed and the, and the and this, uh, city allowed me to go to a bigger house and after we went to a bigger house you know my, my youngest daughter was born and I felt a lot a lot better after moving to a bigger house so I was very thankful for that too yeah, because it was, it was it was a gift given to me by God and so I always had in mind to, to have three kids that, that was my goal so I was very glad that I was able to have my second child um, child recently not recently but uh, when I was in England but there was a huge time, uh, time gap between my first son and my, my second child. listening to my prayers and I saw how he was responding to my prayers I wasn't able to move that inspiration into writing my paper but anyways we need to be we have to be able to listen to the voice of the Lord in verse 1 it says this is the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah and that, that the good news is that Jesus the Messiah is the son of God and in verse 11, it emphasizes again that Jesus is the Son of God whom he loves. And he, that he is also very pleased with Jesus. Because he is pleased to see that his Son is willing to sacrifice himself for the people that, that they love. So his love towards us is greater than the love that he has for himself. And that's why God was willing to sacrifice His one and only Son for us. So when we can hear the voice of the heavens and we can listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, then we can, we can listen, then we can become like Jesus. Now, I was able to finish my paper while being here. Even after going to meetings, even after going to intercession, I was able to finish my paper. And right now, I'm in, in, in my final editing stages with my professor. And I can probably say that none of this was done through my strength. <laughs> and even though I was in, uh, <laughs> uh, even in, even if it was, it may be a little embarrassing. I was not afraid of failing uh, my 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 uh, my goal of getting this PhD. You know, I will just be a, a pastor and a servant in this church. Yeah. 
because the ultimate goal is not getting this this degree, but the ultimate goal is knowing that we are the child of God, is receiving glory, receiving uh, uh, this this acknowledgement from God. Anyways, the voice came from the heaven saying, "You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am very well pleased." When we can listen, when we can receive this message from God, we would liven up. Because when we're connected with God, when we have a relationship with God, nothing, no other issue in this world can become a problem for us. Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be filled with confirmation uh, about your identity. And then what happens after this? Jesus was sent to the wilderness. In verse 12, at once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And a wil- the wilderness is filled with, with, uh, with difficulty and hardships. And people actually get demon-possessed while they are wandering out in the wilderness, and they have to be chained up. But Jesus was sent to this wilderness by the Holy Spirit. In Luke and Mark, uh, Luke and Matthew, it says the whole, the, it says that the Spirit led him led to the wilderness. But the, the original word, uh, the, the original text says ekbalo, which means to cast out, to throw out in Greek. So basically, the Holy Spirit threw Jesus into the wilderness. And why did the Holy Spirit do this to him? It's because he needed to be, Holy Spirit needed to toss Jesus into the place where Adam failed. So this, this uh, is connecting, uh, is connected with the story of Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then God poured his judgment and his curse upon uh, humankind and also to the serpents. Uh, man had to work the land and and be, and ha, uh, to 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 support his family. The women had to experience child uh, child labor, pain of giving birth, and the snake was uh, you know was cursed to 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 crawl on its belly. But, anyways, when Adam and Eve were kicked out of Eden, that's when this word ekbalo, ekbalo was used to cast out. They were cast out of Eden. So, at first, Jesus, uh, God casted Adam out of Eden. But now, again, the Holy Spirit casts Jesus out of uh, the city into the wilderness, where he will be tempted by... Uh, tempted by, the, by Satan himself, just like Adam did. And verse 13, And he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by sa- Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. So Mark also uh, goes over this very sh- briefly. But in Matthew and Luke, it talks about the temptations in detail of what, what Satan did to Jesus. At first, Satan came to Jesus saying, Aren't you the Son of God? Aren't you hungry right now? Can't you just make these, the stones on the ground bread so that you can eat that? And all, uh, many of us have fasted before. You, have, you realize how hungry you get when you're fasting. 
And yesterday I fasted for a day because of that relay, relay, uh, relay uh, fast that we have. And I didn't think about, uh, I didn't think about, think about when I had to fast when I wrote my uh, name down because I didn't, I forgot I was preaching this week. And, and so I, I stayed all day in church yesterday because I don't want to listen, I don't want to uh, smell food in my household. Uh, so I, when I was praying in, in this church, I kind of fell asleep in, in the middle. But somebody came with a little bit of cake and told me to eat it. Oh, in my dream, in my dream that was somebody came with, with a spoonful of cake and I almost ate that and ate that cake that was given to me. I realized that this was the temptation of the enemy, even in my dreams, and so I, I said, be gone. And I woke up uh, proclaiming fire. Because I know when the enemy comes to us, we need to, we need to uh, protect ourselves with fire. And I felt like this, this may not be true, but I felt like if I ate that spoonful of cake, even if it was in my dreams, I felt like my fast would have been over spiritually, not physically, but spiritually. So I passed the test. So this is the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Even if I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit as you listen to this sermon. So, Jesus was able to overcome his survival instincts. And the second test, what was the second test? He said, if you jump off this cliff, then this world will be given to you. So look, even though you're attending church, if you work very hard in the world, also, if, even when you're attending church, if you're still putting a lot of effort into being successful and, 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 and actually even, even if you're serving a church, if you serve a church out of legalism and out of religion, then will you be hindered by, will you be tempted by this temptation or not? Probably yes, because it means you are acknowledged, it means you get authority and power and you're given a good position. But Jesus uh, was, was not tempted by the words of Satan and he rebuked Satan instead. And all three of these tests, all three of these temptations actually are related to, to, um, to identity. And that's the same way how the enemy deceives us also. They, say, they will come and say, Aren't you, don't, you, you say that you are the child of God, but how come you can't do this? And whenever, he, whenever you, you hear a voice questioning your identity, you have to realize that the voice comes from the enemy and not from God. And even if we are to be sad, even if we are to fall into despair, we have to be sad and despair in the Lord and not because of the enemy. And if, you believe, if you're able to hold on to your identity at all times, then you will never stumble, you will never fall down fully because God will be there to pick you up. And even in these short instances, all you have to do is proclaim the blood of Jesus and you will be cured, you will be cleansed. And, 
when and even as Jesus was receiving these temptations and tests from, from Satan, he was being tested in the flesh. He was being tested as a man and not as a divine being. And so, this proves how he, uh, how he was able to fend off the temptations of, the, of sin through relying on the Holy Spirit. And in the same way, when we nail ourselves upon the cross uh, with Jesus, and when we, when we uh, fully commit to relying on the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit will help us to live like Jesus. He will help us to uh, fend off the, the temptations of the flesh. And we will not bat an eye to the enemy anymore. And that's why he was able to, he, that's why Jesus is the second Adam. That's why he is the ultimate Adam. He showed us the way to become like himself, to become like God. He fully denied himself. Fully, uh, fully uh, uh, ignored his divinity and only lived by focusing on the Holy Spirit and you rely on the Holy Spirit. And that is the end, end of the main text for today. But shall I, shall I talk about human Jesus a little bit more? So my dissertation. I don't think I should talk about this dissertation yet because it is not fully, it has not passed yet. So I'll, I will uh, postpone that, that testimony later for later. But, the, but let's talk about the issue of salvation. Jesus had to become a, full, uh, become a man to take care of our salvation. If he was not fully man, then, then there would be a lot of questions regarding our salvation. How can we become like God when he himself did not, cannot, cannot uh, 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 keep himself from sinning without using his divinity? Uh, stuff like that would, would, would really take away the credibility of the work of Jesus. But because he, but the reason why he became our model of faith is because he became fully man. He lived on this earth just as we are living on this earth. He received all the temptations and all the the shame and embarrassment of being of, of being a man. And why? It's because he loved us. He loved us so much that he was willing to give up everything that he had and come to this earth as a man and be persecuted and to take upon the sins upon, uh, in himself. And so as I'm studying this doctrine of, human, of the human Jesus, I... I look back on my previous life of faith before I re re received this truth. Because I received grace while listening to the, to the Gospels before without fully realizing the significance of what Jesus did. But before, 
Before, when I was, when I was uh, giving thanks to the Lord, giving thanks to Jesus, I was, I was giving my proclamations, I was giving my confession to the Lord uh, while believing that Jesus was, was the Lord, uh, that, that Jesus was God. So we can learn learn about the process of how Jesus Jesus became man and how he became uh, uh, God once again through the story of Jesus uh, through the story of Peter. When you look at the when you read the book of uh, the, the Acts of Peter. There was a huge fire that happened in Rome during that era. And during that fire, a lot of the Christians were, were, were uh, being killed in Prats. And prosecuted. And uh, the disciples of Peter actually told Peter, told Peter to, to leave this place. And, and leave Rome when this was happening. Uh, oh, and so on Peter on his way out of the, out of the, uh, the city of Rome, he saw Jesus bearing the cross to the city that he has just departed from. And he said, he said, Lord, where are you going? He said, I'm going to die to the place where you have left. And that's why he, Peter uh, went back to that place and received, accepted his, his death while being nailed on the cross upside down. So we have all accepted Jesus as, as God, as, a, as our Savior. But in order for you to fully receive, uh, accept the significance of his, his, of his ministry, you must first, first go through the doctrine of, of human Jesus. Because only then can your salvation be fully uh, be, be credible. And only then can you um, have hope to become like Jesus, to become like God. And this is why God sent His Son in the first place, so that we can become His children, so that we can become like His Son. So if I end the sermon here, then I would have finished uh, all the things that I have prepared to talk about. And there's the matter of you know, original sin or the first sin, uh, these theological things. Uh, maybe I'll talk about these things later on when I have the chance. But as I, as I study for my paper, do you think during the, era, during the time of Jesus, there was, the, there was this issue, uh, theological issues about, uh, theological debates about you know, original sin? But nowadays, uh, seminary students and professors are constantly debating the, th the, the, the matter, these little matters like original sin or first sin. 
그런 문서를 보면은 정확하게 이렇게 우리 모두는 각 사람이 스스로에게 아담이 되어서 죽는 거다. But there are some Jewish documents, ancient documents that have been recovered that taught that, and one of those documents say there's a quote that says each one of us uh, ha- have become our own Adam, which be- which basically says that which basically um, disproves the this theological concept of original sin because Adam's sin is not passed down to us according to that document. We cannot inherit sin from our ancestors. And this is also written, written in Ezekiel that a son cannot die for the sins of, of his father. And when I get another chance to preach, I might talk about these concepts a little bit more. I'm giving you a little bit of a taste of what I might talk about next time, you know, a little bit of teaser. But it, all these things have been preached by Pastor Kim already. But I, I just learned about these things academically through school. So just, it's a different perspective. But now let's end the sermon here and pray for, pray about the sermon. And this time, what should we pray for? Let's pray that we will lift up a true and correct confession to Jesus and fully acknowledge that He has become uh, a full human, that He has gone through all the same things that we are going through. And that the same Holy Spirit that allowed Jesus to, to, not, uh, to, to um, keep himself from sinning is the same Holy Spirit that is working within us right now. That we have become the children of God, that we have become his heirs, his family because of the act of Jesus. And the reason why we can live uh, a holy life is because Jesus has become our spiritual martyr. Because the same anointing, the same fire, the same power and authority that has been given to Jesus while he was walking on this earth is being poured upon us right now. So Lord, we're going to hold on to this as we go before you in our prayer. Whenever whenever we're faced with with hardships and whenever we're pummeled by by these difficulties, would you help us to hold on to uh, our, our identity and remind us of our identity would you fill us up with your Holy Spirit? Would you fill us, up with, fill us up with your message, with your truth, with your fire and with your blood? Help us to live the life of Jesus so that we can lift you up as our true King, as our true Savior, as our true Messiah and as our true Redeemer. Help us to lift up this confession to you. Now let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much. On this Sunday, Lord, we thank you so much for coming towards us with your love. Thank you so much for speaking to us about your love. Lord, help us to remain in your truth and live according to the anointing that the Holy Spirit gives to us. 
and we still have a few remaining intercessions left. Would you continue to lead these, this intercession to victory? Help us not to pray by our own strength, but pray according to your anointing. Would you keep, uh, would you protect uh, those who are sick and vulnerable in this church? And help us to live according to your, your authority and according to your power and your anointing. And let the church continue to experience your abundance. We pray for the offering lifted today. Uh, everything that, that uh, belongs to us belongs to you. So would you use it for your, your, your glory and bless us continually. Help us not to be shaken in our faith and continue to bless your, your companies and, your, and those who are working in this church. And bless all of us so that we can become your working hands to, to raise up your remnants around the world. Would you continue to unravel and, and give us the authority over people, nature, uh, relationship and materials? And in this, in, the, in, in this age of darkness, would you help us to continue to open up the doors of heaven to this land? Now, by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, and through the holy love of the Father, and the indwelling, comforting, fulfilling work of the Holy Spirit to the saints, uh, be upon those who are willing to uh, lift up this few, true confession to you. Let it be upon their church, upon their families, upon their children, upon their inheritance, upon their businesses, upon their ministry, and upon all, the, all of our ministries. Upon, and upon all the conference, uh, upon all those who are attending the conference in LA. May this blessing rest from now until forevermore. Amen.